This is the TJ Show. You know, there was a study that was just done, and it's a sleep-deprived society, they're saying. That's the headline. The average person suffers 113 bad nights of sleep each year. The average American gets a perfect night's sleep only 132 times per year. And they're saying it's because the average American goes to sleep feeling stressed or anxious three days a week. The stress can be so bad that it keeps respondents awake for an additional three hours after their intended bedtime. And that sounds like me. Really, j Yes. Almost two-thirds agree, 65%, that a bad night's sleep is enough to ruin the following day. Mm-hmm. The poll also revealed that anxiety forces respondents to look at their phone, eat snacks, or stare at the ceiling instead of sleeping, all which makes it even harder to sleep. Which I've done all those things. You see, there's a pattern here, and I want to get to the pattern in a moment. So 58% of the people surveyed say they are plagued by concerns about their physical health. This is what people are worried about. Mm-hmm. 56 say they worry about the tasks they have to do the next day. And 51% of respondents say mental health concerns are keeping them up at night. And you can see it, like it all feeds off of and festers off one another. You're worried about your health and you don't know what to do. So you go and grab a snack and then you're up now three hours, you're on your phone. And the lack of sleep doesn't help your mental health or your physical health or anything else. And I, so I just happened to be reading this book. There's an author that I like named Ryan Holiday and his book, Discipline is Destiny. He's talking a lot about sleep in one of the chapters. And he says, you don't have to be the most self-aware person on the planet to see that you make worse decisions when you're tired, that you're less able to work well with others, that you have less command of yourself and your emotions. Our moments of peak performance rarely come when we're exhausted, when we're running on fumes, when we're bleary-eyed and dependent on caffeine. Walking to the bedroom and passing out, it will solve so many of our problems. And I agree with that. You know, it requires this discipline to sleep, which is so weird. You think, why would I need discipline to sleep? We've got to put our phone away. We've got to make sure that at a certain time every night, we're letting our head just hit the pillow. Let's just pass out, get the sleep we need. And then it starts to fuel this other cycle where you're getting up early in the morning. You're getting the stuff done within the margins that you need to before kids or work or school or whatever it is. And that starts to feed off of itself. And from that discipline, we get the sleep we need and all that other stuff goes away. I regret all the naps I refused to take as a child because now as an adult, I'm like, I wish I could take a nap in the middle of the day. (laughs) Get me my car. Roll it out, you know? J-Bo, does your husband Archie ever do anything to intentionally annoy you? Like he knows he's being annoying and he's no, doing it just for fun. That's usually me. You do that. Okay. I give, do that to him. Give me an example of what you might do to him. Oh, I'll just be things like, um, I'll do things like, you don't love me. Ah, he's okay. like, yes, I do. I'm like, no, you don't. And he's like, yes, I do. I'm like, well, how much do you love me? And then he tells me and then I'm like, that's not enough. Things like that. Yeah, I'm the person who does that in my relationship. I'll be in the kitchen with my wife, Jess, and I'll say something about how she's cooking, and I'll state a very obvious something. And she's like, do you think I don't know that? I'm like, I don't know if you... I guess we... You're we're... crazy because her, your food source comes from her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we I want to play with that. I think we're starving for attention, right? Yeah, pretty much. Well, producer Heather recorded herself being intentionally annoying to her husband because Lewis is very upset that he has to take down all of his Christmas decorations. Aww. He wants to keep them up for longer. You know, I think we're, we're past due now, right? No, to take you it keep down. them up as long as you want. And uh, Heather knows that this upsets him, but she chooses to dive in with a knife and <laughs> twist it and turn it. Hey, Lewis. Why are you saying my name like that? Because you seem pretty sad. Yes. Why are you so sad? You know why? 
talk to me. I like your commitment to being annoying and talking to him in that voice. Took down the Christmas decorations, and now there's no more joy in the house. No more joy in the house because all the Christmas decorations have to come down. Now, we're in January. It's time. Well, Christmas is over. Not in my heart. Are you going to be okay? No. I also don't like your tone. <laughs> what do you mean, my tone? I feel like you're patronizing me. I would Quit patronizing me. I just feel bad because you feel bad. I don't think you do. Don't you sarcastically rub my back? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ooh, you crossed the physical boundary there with your annoying. Sarcastically ru- rub somebody's back. How does that work? Yeah. How do you sarcastically rub somebody's back? I don't know, but I lost it there. I couldn't. I couldn't. Don't you sarcastically rub my back? Either have some empathy. Look, I'm just trying to make you feel better because you're sad. I'm so sorry that you're so sad about no, the Christmas not. decorations. The tree is still up. I mean, it's... Don't only because you haven't gotten to it yet. I mean, it's slowly dying every day, but it's still up. Uh, it was dead when we bought it. Well, it's dying even more. Wait a minute. You have to take the tree out? Yeah. Why? Because I'm the one who put up all the decorations, so I have to take all the decorations oh, down. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, that works. Well, I love you, and everything's going to be okay, all right? Tell me it's going to be okay. No. I don't want to. <laughs> I love you. You stickle boy. Oh my. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. <laughs> that last part is such a good boy. You could have you could have do without yeah, that, Heather. There, there, there's a line. That wasn't right. Yeah, she crossed yeah. it, right, yeah. Jabo? Yeah, she did. I'm uh, glad. Wasn't that fun, though, glad for everybody? You're having a good time. Well, it was fun to listen to. I enjoyed to. it, yeah. I would have walked out of the room. but You would have pouted. Yeah. Jabo. Yes, TJ. This is a bit of a heartbreaking story. But it's just, it's what's happening in schools. And I want to read this because it almost seems hard to believe. There's a mom who was sharing a video on social media. She said her nine-year-old daughter went to school. She had a knockoff Stanley Tumblr. So not the Stanley brand, but a different one. The mother says the little girl picked out the $10 water bottle herself because she thought it was cute. Most of the other girls in her class got authentic Stanleys over the holiday break. And if you've never heard of a Stanley, it's just, it's a brand for a liquid holder, a tumbler. Yeah, this, this is the brand where every, there's all this madness at Target, mm-hmm. people are lining up, Starbucks, people yep. are camping out to get the Stanley that was branded with their logo or whatever it was. And uh, the girls in the class said that her fake cup was inferior and they were bullying her, making fun of her. So the mom goes on to say in this video, that before you come at me, do I think a nine-year-old needs a Stanley? No, but if you're a mom and you're a parent, you could do something to prevent your kids from getting made fun of, then we're going to do it. And so she bought her the Stanley in response. Commenters are picking on the mom, saying, my daughter tells her middle school classmates her value is not tied to that of her belongings, and she hopes that they figure it out someday too. Very supportive fellow parents. Right. Uh, unpopular opinion have the daughter say I don't care I thought this one was cute Uh, kid checked my daughter's shoes for an UGG tag to see if they're real I couldn't believe it she's in fourth grade wow some more supportive people responding saying you're a good mom I don't blame you just do the best you can and another one said the problem is if it's not the Stanley Cup it's something else yeah Yeah, people can just be cruel and it doesn't stop when you get out of the walls of a school yeah no I mean growing up when I was in school I I would probably get made fun of for not having name brand sneakers. Like, we shopped at Payless before it shut down. Like, we didn't have Nikes until I was probably, like, 15 or 16 years old. So, that's probably why I have 136 pairs of Nikes now. <laughs> right. I'm trying to I make know. up for that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's, if it's not one thing, it's the other. But 
at the same time, I'm not a parent, but I am an aunt. And I know that if my nieces and nephews need something or want something or they're being picked on, I'm going to try my best to get it to them as well. So they have one less thing to worry about. Yeah, you know, and I, I feel you on that completely. No one wants to see our kids get picked on. I was thinking back to my high school days, and I just wish I had the confidence and the security to stand up to bullies in school. Yeah. Not only, because I didn't really have it bad. Um, there were some kids that were rude to me, but I just kind of tried to slide under the radar. But there were other kids who had it really bad. Right. And I wish that I had the ability to step in and defend those people. That's one of my biggest regrets from that time. No. I, rather than like hiding away and saying, oh, I hope they don't look at me. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have just stepped in and either, I don't know, I don't know what I would have done, but just something would have been better than nothing. Yeah, because you, you said it doesn't stop after you finish school. Right. Like you go into the workplace and you get bullied there. You have your friends who low-key bully you. They'll make sly comments yep. and be passive-aggressive about it, but really they mean what they say. Like A lot of jokes have some truth behind it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So the bullying never really stops. There's a great poet in the band Bowling for Soup. <laughs> and the, the yeah. name of the song is High School Never Ends. And, and in a way, it doesn't ever end. Our camera guy, Josh, was a teacher for many years. And you're saying you saw this kind of thing happen all the time. Almost every day. Water bottles, uh, shoe brands. I mean, even down to like pencils. It's ridiculous. Oh my pencils? Gosh. Yeah, like certain brands of pencils. When I think back on this instance where my daughter was on a playground she was, I think, seven or eight years old. And this random girl, they, they just met, starts ordering her around and really belittling her and making fun of her in front of one of her other friends. And it was the first time she'd ever experienced anything like that because my daughter is pretty easy to get along mm-hmm. with and she's fun to play with. And my wife tells me about this and like the feeling that I had as a parent, I was just so enraged. I'm like, how dare this kid (laughs) pick on my kid? Like who the heck is she? She doesn't even know my kid. And Mm -hmm. it's so, it gets, you get emotional. It's tough because kids can be brutal. But what I found, and when I think back on also my high school years and also just in workplaces, when you see people who were bullies or they're treating others, they're belittling them or demeaning them. How often is it that there's something that's so messed up in their own lives. And it's really just this defense mechanism. They're trying to protect themselves. They're trying to preserve themselves. You know, maybe in school, there's something going on with parents at home. We just never know the full picture. But most of the kids who were acting in that way, there was something really wrong happening privately. Right. And I didn't have the discernment to know that as a kid, of Mm -hmm. course. I just thought, oh, they're just being mean. But again, when I think back on on high school, if I could do it all over again, I would want to just befriend these people. Just show them some love. You know, there was a TED Talk fairly recently. You would befriend the bully. The bully? Okay. Yep. And the kids who were being picked. And I I just try to bring everyone together. But yes, also the bully. There was an example recently. There's a TED Talk. And this guy's been making the rounds in some interviews. He claimed that he was going to shoot up his school. It was really serious. And because he had a friend who cared about him and kept inviting him over and he kept seeing uh, his family love him well, it got right down to the wire. This buddy who saw this kid was struggling and was friends with him um, decided to throw a surprise birthday party for him. And he said he never felt love like that before. And he decided to cancel all his plans. You know, this is just one of of many stories. But to hear that, it kind of blew me away and made me realize, is it really just as simple as befriending someone who's having a really hard time, showing them love, inviting them into your home? The impact on that could literally save lives. And this kid said that he was thinking about taking his own life 
and he decided not to all because, and I got to, I, I wish I knew the guy's name. I got to look him up because it was such a powerful story. It blew me away. And I love that he's now sharing that story with many people. I do believe at our core, no matter how many fronts we try to put up, because I put up walls too, that we all want to be seen and loved. Yeah. At our core. Yeah. And so if we're in a place where we can love someone, let's let some more of that love go out yeah. and, and love. And you're really great at loving people. I love that about you, J-Bo. I'm good at loving people, but I'm not good at receiving the love back. Well, I'll keep loving you, J-Bo. Oh, <laughs> keep, okay. And Kenny will too. You know, all we'll, right. we'll all keep loving J-Bo. This is the TJ Show. Thank you for turning your radio on. And I, I think the challenge for all of us is who can we love better today? And if we all start doing that, something's going to change. This is the TJ Show. If you are currently dealing with broken customer service systems, I feel your pain. It's something that vacuums moments of our life away, and there's no refund for the time that you lose. I have a bill that I pay every month, and it's on auto pay, right? As we all do, right? Yeah. And it pays every single month. It works. And then all of a sudden, I get a phone call, and someone says, hey, how come you didn't pay your bill? I was like, what? I said, it's, it's on auto pay. Like, no, 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 it d- didn't go through. And so I start logging in and I'm realizing that, yeah, for some reason this month it didn't go through. Okay, well, so I make one phone call. I call their customer service and they go, okay, you can pay with a credit card. Let me send you to the credit card line. So they need an automated system to take my credit card information. And I go, well, but you, you use my bank. Okay, you can give me your bank account. And I was like, wait a minute, is this a scam? <laughs> wait, you have to send me to another line to pay the credit card, but you could take my bank account information? Isn't that crazy? You call them, but it's so bad that you're like, hold on a second. Yeah, Something yeah. has to be broken here. So I go, no, 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 I'll pay with the credit card. So they go me, send me to the automated credit card line, and I go through everything. I've now put in my account information three different times, three oh, different prompts. On. I see 37 minutes on my phone after all this. And then I finally get to that moment where I type my card number in, and there's a fan that turns on in the room that I'm in. And it goes, sorry, we didn't get that. And I guess it's like, because it's voice activated and it's tone activated. I'm like, you've <laughs> got to be kidding me. So then I have to call them back. I'm on the phone with them for another 20 minutes. All for them to say, go to the website and use your credit card there. I mean, this is stuff that is happening. And it's all because of automation. And it's supposed to make our lives easier. Like robots are supposed to help us. But what started to happen now is because companies are saving money with their automated systems. We're now working for these companies. Like I did an hour of work because this company, and I am the first person to say, if I'm not doing something and it's my fault, fine. I got to pay the price for that. I got, this is how it's always been set up. It's always worked. They probably did some sort of a software update. It it didn't recognize my account the same way, but I'm noticing that I'm now spending time to fix the company's mistakes. I despise it. I when I call those automated systems, I get so annoyed. I either hit zero a hundred and nine times <laughs> so I can find a customer, a person to speak to, or I start yelling into the phone. Customer service. Yep. Yeah. Customer service. And what's so frustrating and not rewarding about that is that the robot doesn't know we're angry. No. You know, not it's at just all. it's just hearing no words. It doesn't matter how we say it. So actually, eventually, we have to calm down and say customer service. Mm-hmm. customer service. service. Yeah. And it's, it, this is the world where, I mean, have you had your, your time stolen at all recently? Can you think of any instances? I got a bill recently from a state I used to live in. It's a property bill. And it's, if you have a vehicle in that state, you had to pay a property tax. And I haven't had this vehicle in like 
two plus mm. years. Yep. And so when I called them, the woman that picks up was like, oh, you actually got the wrong number. Let me give you this number. Call this office. So I called that office, yep. an automated system, finally go through customer service. is like, oh, you got the wrong number. Here's the, other, the correct number. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So 45 minutes in, I finally get a hold of somebody just for her to tell me, oh, yeah, we should never build you for that because <laughs> you haven't had that card in two years. I know. Could That's why I'm that? calling. Even in five minutes, could we have worked Come this out? Come on, an hour later, man. I've had my time wasted by Timothy Chalamet recently. Really? How? I went to go see the Wonka movie. Oh, oh I'm oh, so man, sorry, that's, Kenny. That's, that's, I'm sorry for that's you. Down the drain. Two and a half hours. That's a long yeah, time. There's all kinds of things that are wasting our time today. <laughs> this is the TJ Show. Be safe out there. People are trying to steal your time. I think they do this every year. The TSA releases their list of the top 10 best catches. What if people tried to sneak onto airplanes? <laughs> and some of this stuff, there's really no way to say it was an accident. It's got to be is great. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be intentional. Yeah. You wonder why the lines are so long sometimes, and it takes forever. They're yeah. dealing with this. <laughs> I love our TSA agents. Thank you, by the way, if you're checking our bags. And sorry for the people who just keep trying to get the water bottle through. Like we know the rule, and they still want to get it to the <laughs> other side. Now I will say it's unfair. That the water bottle has to go, and then you get to the other side, and they charge you eight dollars for a bottle yep, of water. Now that's I agree. That's a crime on humanity, but it's a different discussion. That's okay. why I take my tumbler empty through TSA, and then I fill it up on those little like refillable stations. That's the way to do it. Yep. So number ten on the list, the top ten list of best catches from the TSA: throwing knives discovered in a carry-on at Boston's Logan International Airport. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess you could say, well, I'm a throwing knife expert, right? And I'm going to a competition. But you, you know you're not supposed to carry that on if you're a throwing <laughs> yeah, knife expert. Yeah, you can check that in. Replica rockets discovered in checked luggage. Well, if they're replica, though. I don't know. Well, again, they're you, rockets. You think that you would have the common sense not to pack replica rockets <laughs> right. before going onto a plane. So, yeah, I, I don't blame the TSA for stopping them. A knife that was found hidden inside of a loaf of keto bread. <laughs> was it baked into the bread? You know, we should, uh, for the rest of these, let's come up with an excuse as to why we, quote, snuck it on the plane, okay? Or we didn't know. Number seven on the list of TSA's top ten best catches, a bag of meth was found inside of a container of crab boil seasoning powder at a New Orleans airport. Oh, what's the excuse, Jayla? <laughs> oh, the excuse is that it's a new recipe of a crab boil seasoning. Really? Yeah. What's the excuse, Kenny? Yeah, get that new recipe. Gets you amped up, I yeah. hear. Okay. Yeah. I don't have an excuse. I was, Gives you that yeah, right that's a bad hit. One. Yeah. Uh, bomb Squad collected this 35 millimeter projectile that was discovered in a passenger's bag. So what, another bomb? <sighs> Uh, another one, number five on the list, a knife hidden inside of a prosthetic. So you could forget about that. Oh, I forgot. You know, I keep my knife in a secure place. Yeah, I'm a secret agent. And so sometimes I have to put my knives and stuff like on my leg and, you know, people don't even know. A fully loaded firearm with 163 rounds of ammo discovered. I mean, there's just no excuse for this stuff. An explosive, just a flat out explosive. That's it. Have you, <laughs> have you followed the TSA's Instagram account? Uh, no. At TSA. Oh, it's hilarious. It's great content. If you get a chance, check it out. Yeah. That, awesome. Well, it sounds good to me. Uh, number two on the list, weed inside of a baby diaper. At that point, you got to just come clean. You say, okay, I was, I never thought you would look inside the baby diaper and I was trying to get away with something. <laughs> and then number one, an IED explosive hidden in an energy drink. I mean, you got it. They got to go to jail after that, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a Definitely. bang right there. I had a scary situation at the TSA where they pulled me aside. 
like stern face. They're like, what do you have in your bag? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they saw this long, almost blade-shaped item in my backpack. It was my Harry Potter wand. I forgot I still had my Harry Potter <laughs> wand in my backpack. <laughs> that must have been very embarrassing. <laughs> it was very embarrassing. <laughs> so there it is. Thank you to the TSA for all the fine work you're doing. I'm so glad that they're catching this stuff. Kenny, what is coming up in the news in a few moments? TJ, have you ever wanted to speak to someone you've loved who's passed away again? No. For those who might have that urge, it could become a possibility. Here on Earth or one day again? No, here on Earth. Like today, you'd be able to speak to a relative that passed away. Jabo? No, I'm going to pass on that. All right, we'll get into that in a few moments. I don't know why you're asking, but it's coming up on Kenny's News. Yep. This is the TJ Show, our news. It sounds a whole lot different around here. Our producer, Kenny, he reads through every story he can find, and then he brings us the most interesting ones. Kenny, what's happening on the planet today? There are a couple of startup companies that are marketing a service that will allow people to speak to the dead. Well, not really. It's an AI version of the dead person. Oh, okay. So you got to convince a friend or a family member, upload your voice and then we can talk to you when you're not here anymore, your computer-generated voice? To some degree. So you could do it that way, which I think is the preferred way. That would give you what the companies are calling a high-fidelity digital avatar. But if you didn't have the foresight to interview your loved one before they pass, you could take existing photos, recordings, email messages, and create either a chatbot that you could have text conversations with or a virtual avatar that you could have back and forth conversations with like a video call. I don't think that's healthy when it comes to grieving and healing from someone passing. Yeah, it sounds very creepy to me and potentially dangerous because we have certain memories of our loved ones. Does that start to shift or become distorted when you're talking to this fake, inauthentic version of that person. Right. Yeah, I think so, TJ. And, th- and that's the big debate. There are several people who are very much against this, but there are these companies popping up. One called Hereafter AI. The company started when its co-founder built a chatbot to mimic conversations with his father after he passed. And then there's another company called Storyfile, which has a similar origin story. The head of this company's mother's avatar answered questions at her own funeral. And these services are popping up, particularly in China, where they're very popular. Just adds even more confusion yeah. to this human experience. I don't know. I, I just feel everything in me recoils when I hear that. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd be interested in something like this either. It's also, especially like you think about this year and the politics and how charged up everything is. It's becoming so hard to discern what's AI and what isn't AI. I mean, we talk Mm -hmm. about this all the time, but when there are real serious issues at stake, what is this going to do to our planet? Sure. I mean, the same technology for a service like this is the same deep fake technology that someone could use for less than desirable reasons. Kenny, what else do you have? Are you familiar with the country artist Jelly Roll? Yeah, I've seen him popping up everywhere. Seems like a nice guy from what I see. Yeah, he has had a monster year in 2023. Three number one country hits. He was named CMA's artist or new artist of the year. He's also been nominated for two Grammys, but it hasn't always been easy for Jelly Roll. He's been to jail about 40 times in his life for 40? various drug charges. That's yes. a lot. Wow, I didn't know that. He was only 14 when he was arrested for the first Mm. time. He's 39 years old today. So recently, CBS Sunday Morning 
did a profile on him and people online is recapping this. He visited his old jail cell, the same jail cell where he wrote hundreds of songs. And he said, there was a time in my life where I truly thought this was it. And then coming here after being nominated for two Grammys just hits different. That's powerful. Yeah, Jelly Roll now often visits places like jails and rehab centers to offer encouragement to the people there. He says, I always said that if I ever got into this situation where he is now, that he would do everything he could to give back. He said, the fact that me just showing up to places can make people happy is such a gift. And I feel like God gave me that gift. So I should show up. And that's very encouraging because it goes to show you that your past does not define your future. And it doesn't define him. Yeah. This show, it, it's on in some jails, right? Yeah, People turn the sure. radio on. It's not the end of your story. There's, there's a future. There's a great example of it. Kenny, what else do you have? We've been following the story of the private space launch that aimed to land a spacecraft on the moon. It would have been the first American spacecraft to land on the moon in over 50 years if it didn't experience technical difficulties less than 24 hours after its successful launch. So hours after news of the failure, NASA announced that they would be delaying their own plans to get back to the moon. Really? Yeah, they plan to send four astronauts on a trip around the moon later this year as part of the Artemis missions. And then in the following year, they wanted to land astronauts on the moon, which would have been the first time in over 50 years. Don't they have better gear than the private company? Or maybe are they all operating with the same stuff? A lot of the same stuff because a lot of space exploration has been privatized now. So they're relying on companies like SpaceX Mm. and Boeing and other businesses. So it is somewhat a level playing field. But either way, NASA said, "Ooh, we see the problem that you guys ran into. We don't want to run into our that problem ourselves. So let's reassess things and make sure that when we send these people up into space, that it's as safe as possible. Good call. Yeah, that's smart. Since there are people going up there, right? I wonder why they don't do little like moon drones. They're always trying to get ships up there. Why not throw, you know, those little drones you use to like fly up high? (laughs) Yes. Like just get a camera up there, take some pictures, see how it all looks up there all these years later. I think that'd be cool. And then just come back. And then it'd be less risk. It'd be probably easier to float it up there, right? (laughs) I don't know the science behind that, but I feel like you need a lot of power to get to the moon. And perhaps those little tiny drones might not be Yeah, that's the answer. The same thing they use in the iPhone battery. Would you still even use the controller? Can you imagine like a little, you have a a race car controller just taking the drone up there into space? I don't know. It's worth experimenting, J-Bo. Well, Josh has a drone. Let's see how high the thing can go. Yeah, that's true. All right, Josh, you're in. You're up next. (laughs) What else do you have, Kenny? CNBC spoke with a former CIA agent who shared six things people with high emotional intelligence always do when talking to others. Oh, I always love lists like this because I get to compare it to my own self okay. and then I get to see if I'm really smart or not. All right, You're not well, alone in that. I do too. This guy has briefed presidents, policymakers, aid mm-hmm. workers, special ops units, and ambassadors. He said in all their interactions, emotional intelligence was key. Number one on the list, they don't get intimidated by big names. Okay. Number two, they practice and prepared. He said ahead of big presentations or meetings, emotionally intelligent people rehearse their delivery, not their anxiety. Rehearse your delivery, not your anxiety. Yeah. That's something we can all probably Mm -hmm. get good at, right? Sure. Love it. Go ahead. Number three, they have a sense of perspective. Emotionally intelligent people know that if they say something and it goes awry, it isn't the end of the world. Great pieces of advice. Number four, they start small and with low stakes. Some of the best public speakers he knows didn't start out that way, but the most emotionally intelligent among them understood that there's always room to improve. They didn't run from their discomfort. Okay. More? 
Number five, they lead with their strengths. Emotionally intelligent people know which mediums and communication styles work best for them, and they can adapt their message to the situation at hand. Love it. And finally, they know why they want to use their voice. He says, emotionally intelligent people speak with purpose. It's about harnessing the power within you and speaking up about the things that matter to you when they matter most. Hmm. Man, I would say if you're listening to that list and you're like, wow, I really want some of those examples, I think people can at one point in time not be emotionally intelligent and then eventually become emotionally intelligent. Yeah, something that can develop, sure. Like There are a lot of things that I've changed in the way that I think after meeting my wife, Jess. Yeah. And I'm like horrified by the way that I used to be, but now I feel completely different in certain categories. Same thing with with business or with friendships or relationships. Mm -hmm. There are resources to help us grow and all that. So that's a very inspiring list. Right on. Kenny, what else do you have? UPI is reporting on a woman from Ontario that has an unusual talent that has earned her a Guinness World Record. She's able to whistle with her nose, and she just broke the record for loudest nose whistle at 44.1 decibels. That's attractive. Huh. So for comparison's sake, 44.1 decibels is somewhere between the sound of a suburban area at night and a household refrigerator. So not that loud, but I can't whistle with my nose, so color me impressed. How low do you, how loud do you think it would be? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> you have no idea, right? I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to match like a refrigerator. That's the one thing I can compare it to. Yeah. I don't know. My brother Mike has a nose whistle. He doesn't yeah. like talking about it, but he was a pitcher in a Little League game, and a ball came right back at his face and oh, broke his nose. Oh, no. And now when he sleeps, he whistles. I've recorded him, <laughs> and i got to find that recording. But the next time he falls asleep, I'll get an even better quality recording. Can he do it on purpose? I think he's always whistling, but it's very low. <laughs> Your poor brother. The only time I've ever been able to do that is when I have a stuffy nose. I c- couldn't do it on command. But mm-hmm. apparently this talent runs in the family. Her five-year-old son just discovered he can learn to whistle. She says she hopes he can beat her record one day. Wow. Yeah, the only whistle yeah. I have is my asthmatic wheezing. That's it. Well, it's a place to start, Jamie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you, can always, you can always grow. Yeah. Just go pitch at a Little League game. All right, I will. <laughs> All right, you'll get there. Kenny, what else do you have? We're more than a year away from the new Captain America movie, Brave New World, but it appears Lego may have already spoiled it. Why would they do that? I don't think they did it intentionally. So the rumor mill has been swirling ever since it was announced that Harrison Ford would be taking on the role of Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. In previous Marvel movies, that role was played by William Hurt. So why bring in Harrison Ford when William Hurt has played this role in several other Marvel Cinematic Universe movies? Now, fans of the comic book know that Thaddeus Ross eventually becomes the Red Hulk. And that was their speculation. So fast forward, Lego Scoopers, a Lego service that reports on Lego news... There's Lego news? Yeah, there's Lego news. The Lego news (laughs) network. Somebody has to do the job, TJ. (laughs) The yellow one fits into the green one. So they're reporting this Captain America Brave New World Lego set called Captain America vs. the Red Hulk. Ah. So Mm. that pretty much confirms that, yes, the new Captain America movie will have the Red Hulk in some way, shape, or form. Is Harrison Ford like the get off my lawn superhero? Get off my lawn! (laughs) (laughs) Everyone gets blown up. Well, Thaddeus Ross is always supposed to be an older character. Cool. So it should work. And then I don't think it matters how old you are. Once that gamma radiation gets into you and you're the Hulk, you know, yeah, get off my lawn. You better take that seriously coming from the Red Hulk. I'm with you. Kenny, what else do you have? So with the rise 
in popularity of Amazon and other services that make it so easy to get things delivered straight to your door, so comes the rise of what's known as porch pirates, these people who steal your packages straight from your doorstep. Isn't it interesting that history just repeats itself in different ways? Like many, many years ago, it was pirates jumping from ship to ship, (laughs) stealing gold and silver. And now the gold and silver are in cardboard boxes Mm -hmm. on our front door. And the same thing is happening. Yeah. They got to bring the parrots back into the mix. (laughs) (laughs) So Fox is reporting this story from Westchester County, New York, of a good Samaritan who helped police stop a porch pirate. So this is really cool how it happened. The homeowner was not at home, but witnessed the thief stealing packages on doorbell security camera. He then called police with a description of the man and police responded. Now, body cam footage shows police approaching the suspect on a sidewalk. And before police got too close, the suspect started running away then fast forward to completely different doorbell footage from a completely different house showing a good samaritan getting out of his car and clotheslining this man as he's running down the street police quickly were able to apprehend the man and the good samaritan even helped pin him down while they put the cuffs on i've always wanted to get involved in a crime like that where you're the crime stopper but i i don't want to get hurt doing it so I, it's a it's a lot of mixed feelings. Like, yeah. how cool would it be to clothesline that dude and be the guy? That good Samaritan is going to be talking about this for the next 25 years. <laughs> or maybe he'll never mention it. Like, we've heard what? the story already, Grandpa. <laughs> Gosh. No, no. By the way, speaking of ring cams, I saw, and I, I don't normally find people getting hurt funny, but I think the guy was okay. So it was a dad going out on his front doorstep, and it was all icy. And he slips and falls, and he grabs for Ooh. the railing to keep himself up. But the whole railing comes out of the oh. cement. <laughs> wow. It was just so perfect. Talk about adding salt to the wound. Yeah, it was like written. And so now he's on, and he actually actually throw the railing because now he's got it in his hands. Right. He's yeah. upset. Yeah. Th- thank God for ring cameras. I mean, it's the greatest thing. Kenny, thank you for keeping us somewhat informed. That's what's happening. 